Hello, everybody. It's a podcast. Welcome to Dear Maddie's show. Um, hello, Rhoda. Hi. Today I have on the show, this has been a process getting this done, <laughs> but today I have Rhoda Millsummer, a, a licensed, you're a social worker, right? Yep. yep. Licensed social worker. I make the least. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's true. Yeah, you might hear a little bit of background noise because we are actually, we are doing this on sh- Chicago right now. It's raining outside. Um, we're doing the show. Um, Rhoda and I have, you live where normally? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yes. And I obviously live in L.A., for some of you that know. And um, we have been trying to do this show forever. And I told you this morning that when I have the image of you was we were trying to do a Skype interview. And I couldn't hear sound, but I just saw you running around like Charlie Chaplin, <laughs> flailing your arms in the air, trying to get technology to work. It's not... It's not a strong suit for you and myself. <laughs> no, not we're at the all. blind leading the blind. No, no, I, and I just I want to give zero shits about it, but <laughs> you can't. You can't. So I need to learn about it. So, but anyway, so thank you so much. So Rhoda Mill Summer, licensed uh, social worker, specializing. You work a lot with couples. Yes, correct? I do. Yeah, that's your. That's your. You must be fucking crazy because couples work broke me. <laughs> it broke me. I had one. Oh. I had one couple, and oh, that was for like one of my first training ships, and I'll never forget. Obviously, I can't say too much, but this was years ago. But I remember it was one of those things where a lot of times with couples, you meet them together, but then you sometimes do one, at least each, like a one session, just to assess for, you know, like What's domestic violence yeah. or anything like that. And both of them told me shit that they never talked about that the other person they basically said she doesn't know this but and just spilled <laughs> and like she and he said he, and she said he doesn't know this but I mean like it was like soap opera drama and I was like what <laughs> I like it because it's more complicated uh, and it is the definition of complicated you have to support both people and challenge both people and that's really important it's that's a nice way of putting it because I just wanted to say that they're freaking crazy. Now, I feel like uh, a lot of people. Um, so anyway, I didn't. But we're in Chicago. We're literally like kind of in a walkway, so you probably hear background noise. Well, that's just real life. We're just doing it where we can. That sounds like we're having sex. <laughs> Don't mean that. <laughs> didn't mean it that way. Um, so tell a little bit, like tell tell everybody a little bit about you know. You and I actually think we met through Jared Easley, right? I was trying to remember, and I, I think couldn't that's how remember. We met. It's been that long. I put something like on the Facebook, like, "Hey, I've interviewed all my friends." Yeah, something. <laughs> I, that's needed, it. I need to like have people on my podcast, and um, but yeah. So, and we met through that, and then but so tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do, and so I'm in private practice, and I have a podcast, yeah. which is what healthy couples know that you don't, and. I, it's a passion. I'm not, I really believe that helping people understand relationships can be one of the most important things to make life work better. I think it's the most important thing, it honestly. It really is, yeah. So, and so I'm really serious about it. And even though the technology defeats me at times, <laughs> I have reverb on an entire episode that I could not get rid of. It was terrible. It really was. But, um, but I love what I do, uh-huh. and I even teach uh, couples work to other therapists for um, workshops at the University of Pittsburgh, like once a year. Girl, you're the real deal. So I, but I love it. I do. I think I, 
it's so easy to kind of walk that middle path if you like and respect both people. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter said she was thinking about being a psychologist because, of course, they make more money. She wasn't mm-hmm. going to be a social worker. Mm-hmm. And um, I looked at her and I said, you don't like people. I don't think it's a good <laughs> idea. You really have to like people. You do. You, you do. know? You do, very much so. And what, um, so what, so how long have you been doing your podcast? Podcast a year and a half, uh, working with couples 40 years. Great. How many episodes are you in on your show? 23. Oh, look at you. <laughs> you. About once every three weeks. It's not, yeah, I don't do it every week. Well, and I feel bad. I, I've kept meaning to listen and I just forgot. So That's I'm definitely. Okay. <laughs> so what's the name again? No, it is okay. I want to listen. What healthy couples know that you don't. And what do you think, you know, we actually have a couple questions today. This is going to be a, a little bit of an abbreviated episode because, let's be honest, Rhoda has a play to go to and I'm hungover. That's why I have drag queen boys. <laughs> yes, he is. I went karaoke last night and I, whew, I sound like Whitney Houston in her last year, telling you. But so, but what do you think is, you know, I know that there's not one thing, but I'm going to ask you. What do you think is the one thing that healthy couples do that m- most if people don't? If there was one thing that I could try to convince people to do, it would be to be real about hard things. The more mm. you talk about hard things, mm. the better off you're going to be. Um, my favorite example, and it's total imagination, is James Carvel and Mary Maitland. He and she, mm. of course, ran opposite political campaigns so. in 92. Yeah. And they clearly have a good relationship. They're still together. And there's something about dealing with things and being real about them and not avoiding and deflecting. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the age of avoiding and deflecting yeah. and silence. It's like, let's send a text. Yes. Let's not talk about it over, even over the phone, let alone in person. I remember many years ago, my best friend died of AIDS at the age of 40. So oh, that I'm was sorry. 23 years ago. But one of his sisters said to him, do you have AIDS? And he said, yes. And she never asked a follow-up question. Oh, wow. And so there she was in the hospital when he was dying, and we're trying to figure out which sister, because there were like seven, seven of them. And it made me so sad that she didn't follow it up. But I think it's ordinary. I think people don't, they don't tread what, with what they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. I think those are exactly the things you should do. You should mm-hmm. talk about money. If there's no sex, you should talk about why aren't we having sex? Mm-hmm. Nobody signs up to be celibate. And yet Nobody. many couples, many couples stop are. having sex. Many couples, many couples. It's, sho- it's shocking. It's shocking me too, actually, with counseling. I was surprised how many heterosexual couples even were in some type of open marriage. I didn't think that would be as Oh, no, it's a whole thing back. It's a whole thing. Swinging has come back. It's a thing. It was in the 70s. I lived through that. Do you think couples can navigate that in a healthy way? I think it's complicated. As long as you... And this is the tricky part. My suggestion to people is, and it may not be valued, is one-offs can work. 
You can have an open relationship with one-offs, but if you are in a consistent relationship with a third person, there's no way the primary relationship is not going to get threatened at I some point. I one million percent agree with that. Yeah. One million percent agree. Um, oh, I got to have you. I'm already fascinated. But we've got. I'm going to have you on so many shows. We're just going to do a duo show. Well, we probably can't because we can't figure out the fucking technology <laughs> unless we're together again. Um, okay. Oh, wait. I want to read this one question. This is uh, – I didn't pull it from my website yet, so I want to read it on my phone. And this is from – this question is from uh, Kathy. She's age 63. And her question is – and I actually met this woman on a plane about a month ago, and then she sent me this question. Uh, she said, Dear Maddie, I have been widowed for six years. After three years, I decided to go, on a li- go online to date. Very naive and honest. I had gotten to the point where I was so lonely. I was obese, and when I went online, I put myself out there. I never got any responses back. Then I got a hit. Well, I fell head over heels, and I was taken by a scammer for over $125,000. Wow. Ugh. The sad part is he wasn't the only one. I've been scammed more than once. Oh. I'm a very caring person and I have a huge heart. My question is what can I do to break this habit? How can I accept my life and be content with my life? I'm finding there isn't much truth from online dating. The part that bothers me is the men I have met who have been truthful I am not attracted to. Welcome your help, please. So I also I, talked to her, this is a little aside just as far as her self-confidence. She's recently lost all that weight, like 100 pounds. Oh, wow. Because she told me that on a plane. So I, I say that in that I'm assuming we're going to talk about self-love and confidence. How old was she? 60, I believe she said six, 63. Okay. First of all, one, one thing that I do say to a number of people is naivete is no longer attractive after you're 34. You've got <laughs> I, to be great. able to start looking at reality. And if 50% mm. of the people are good, 50% of the people are bad. Mm-hmm. You've got to weed people out, and that's what makes dating so gruesome. You... The thing that she has to learn to do, I asked this of a woman, and I talk about this with dating um, a lot. Just imagine what is the opposite energy of being so open and so, oh, I love you, I fell head over heels in love with you so quickly. What's the opposite energy of all of that? Because that's what you want to nurture. When I ask people to tell me who are dating the opposite, they rarely come up with an answer unless they say selfish. Selfish isn't the right answer. It's the ordinary answer. It's what people say. Mm -hmm. But the opposite energy is self-protective. You have to start thinking about... I love that. I'm going to say that again, Kathy, because I can relate to being a giver. Is the opposite energy of, of the opposite say that it, the opposite the energy. opposite energy of giving is being self-protected self-protected you have hashtag to self-protected hashtag self-protected i love it you have to 
you have to balance that giving energy. Mm -hmm. The secret to being healthy is that yin and yang. And mm -hmm. if you're just a giver and you're overly generous, which is Pittsburgh is filled with overly generous the world women. Is, yeah. And one of my clients said, well, is it just Pittsburgh? And I said, I can only speak for Pittsburgh. I don't <laughs> know about everywhere. Like, I haven't but, done therapy around the but world yet. That overly generous part has to get balanced that and that's your job that isn't anybody else's job yes. and if you're repeating the same mistake there's two things i'd like you to yeah, think she about she said that she, this is a pattern and this is not going to be easy to say but i am not a hand-holding therapist at yeah. all look at how much of your energy goes in to repeating the pattern of being a victim how mm. much are you setting yourself up how much are you not looking for the clues and the signals? You know, people, I remember James Garner, that really dated me, but <laughs> his show where he's the detective, I can't think of the name of it offhand. Oh, he was so handsome. Yeah, oh, I loved him. Anyway, he always said a good liar has to doesn't do details because that's where you get tripped up mm. and so you you as the self-protective person need to pay attention to some of those details that real you have to pay attention to some of those details so when somebody says oh my best friend lives in california but their best friend next time lives in oklahoma that's just, I'm making up an example, but you need to track that. You need to say, wait a minute, I thought you said, and then they may give an answer, but it may sound like complete mm -hmm. BS. So then you need to back up a step. Mm -hmm. You Self-protective means your walls should not be all the way up or all the way down. Mm -hmm. They have to move up and down depending on what's happening, particularly mm -hmm. in the beginning of dating. Mm -hmm. Dating is a very complicated, mm -hmm. emotionally dangerous business, mm -hmm. which she has totally uh, experienced. Mm -hmm. But it is incumbent upon her to take the responsibility of protecting herself and watching for clues and when you can tell when somebody's genuine and when somebody isn't yeah and when they travel well that, you know what I not always I can but in Kathy's not defense but because yeah. I've gone through this period too and I've had a lot of not relationships but a lot of friends where I really trusted the friendship and but I found out I was giving 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 to that friendship and I've had probably three big friendships in my life where I don't I don't. It was a total falling out. I don't speak to those people. And I remember after the last one, actually, the several, just a couple of years ago, that was the reason I started my podcast. I needed something joyous in my life and to do something for me. Um, but I remember telling my own therapist, I just said, I don't fucking trust myself. And I don't trust my instincts. It was really, I, I really had to regain a trust in that. Absolutely. No question about it. Part of being able to regain a trust in yourself is by asking questions about the things that bother you. So for the example you just gave, mm -hmm. being able to say to a friend, I'm, I, I need to tell you something. Something's bothering me. I mm -hmm. feel like things are lopsided. Mm -hmm. Then you watch what the friend does, does. with that. And if they rise up If they blow you, it off, that's, that's, not a, that's a message. Yeah. 
So that's what I mean, that you have the ability because you know what your experience is, but you have to have the courage to say your experience out loud to somebody else mm-hmm. and not dodge the hard conversation. Mm. Yeah, I you know. I, I, I just want to say to Kathy, too, I mean, this is interesting because I've met her and I spent, you know, two hours talking to her on a plane. But and she seemed very confident, very, you know, self-aware um, even when I got to see him I was like oh wow bless her heart I wouldn't have expected that um, just because she seemed confident to me so and so maybe I'm off base but I'm just imagining from other people that I've spoken to that have kind of been in this situation sometimes there is a um, like you said of being always being the victim and a lot of that can come from come from honestly not even searching outside for happiness searching two people for happiness instead of instead of finding it within myself. yourself that's right you have to you, it, the, yeah. the old adage that you have to love yourself first i think that's really true I think and it's very true. and it's got to be more like than yourself the, like to be okay yes. being alone or making mistakes yes. or having uh-huh. failures it it's you have to build the infrastructure within yourself first, mm-hmm. I think, to have a serious relationship. Unless you get married early and grow up with somebody. Yeah. You know, that that's true for me. That's a different... Um, uh, that was a whole different experience. Yeah. So what do you think, or we'll go on to the next question because I was talking, but one, like, what's one quick, like, action step you think Kathy could do to kind of get herself on the right track? I would make a list for homework of looking at past relationships in retrospect, Mm -hmm. looking back at them, and where were some of those clues that her generosity ignored? I'm not saying she's mm. stupid. I'm not saying no, she's a but jerk. Like her generosity but kind her of generosity her. denied the reality. I love that. And you want you want generosity to be balanced and and to weigh it more carefully parse things more carefully Mm -hmm. and when something doesn't feel quite right don't ignore it put a question out there that will give you more information as you go forward yeah and maybe that question is would my self-preservation want this for me or is this in the spirit of self-preservation to do this yes yes okay cool 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 okay I love that well okay we're gonna do one more question um this is a this is a different type of couple's question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have too much talking, glee about we're this. a little bit about sex. So, um, <laughs> this is from, well, I'm not going to say the name yet, but someone who is 31, a female. She says, Dear Maddie, this is not a complicated question, Maddie. My husband won't trim his balls, and I'm fusty, fucking disgusted by his hair. <laughs> really? He, yes, yet he begs me to give him a blowjob all the time. Sometimes I do it because I feel like. Oh no! Sometimes I do it, but I. Feel, <laughs> this part is funny. I do it, but I feel like I'm fucking fo- fo- follicle flossy. <laughs> I don't. Um, She's witty. I know she is funny. Um, what did she put? I don't. My husband. Um, uh, oh, my husband says he doesn't like the way it looks, and he thinks it itches. Seriously, Maddie, I could braid it. No, no, no. I make a joke, but it's becoming kind of a problem. It makes me not want to be with him at all. Please help. Lost in the pelvic jungle. Age 31. She's funny. 
that she's. I want you to be on the show. She's very funny. <laughs> I know she's got wit. Um, I think you have to talk about compromise, and mm -hmm. he's got to be willing to do some and not maybe as much as she wants. Yeah. It has to travel that middle path between meeting both people's needs. Mm -hmm. And so she, he needs to take her more seriously mm -hmm. and listen, and she has to accept not doing it so far down that it itches. That's, yeah. a, fair, that's a fair request yeah, also. Yeah, maybe if he just wants a short lawn and not necessarily a golf tee. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, and I'm wondering, too, you know, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't want to be the therapist that reads into everything, but I, I do have to ask Pelvic Jungle, you know, are there are there other areas of the relationship, too, that you feel like he's not listening to? Because I often think, what is happening? What is it, Schnarch, that said, like, what's happening in the bedroom often is, is yes. being... It's all, I, tr I spent three grand to train with David in oh, Colorado. So you know, you yes, know. I the did. Passionate Marriage, right? Yes. That book. Yep, yep. It's a Actually, book. his newest one is called Intimacy and Desire, and it has a lot of exercises in it you can do that are really good. So oh, there's some good. really good stuff in there. Um, I think that, that probably there are other power struggles going on that mm -hmm. that's not the only one i mm -hmm. one of the my favorite instagram things that i made says that uh communication problems because you know how everybody loves to come in and say I have communication problems mm -hmm. and I'm like they're really power struggles and mm -hmm. I think everything underneath everything way, yeah. are power struggles and so that figuring out how to share the power that is a really tricky piece of business that's so because when you say power struggle that makes sense because that's what I mean I think that's almost like a very basic it is we People want to feel powerful. They want to feel in control. And when we don't feel in control, that's when anxiety and helplessness and it... I and sharing that. power is a very tricky business. But mm. when you figure it out, you have relationship survival, relationship longevity. It totally works. Dr. Phil ain't got shit on you. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, so, um, so we're... What, how, Oh, great. So we're going to just, we're going to wrap up a little bit. Like I said, everybody, this is a short show today, but I do. Let me pull them up. You think I would have them memorized by now. I, well, do, I do want to ask people to look for me on Instagram. Well, I'm going to say that too. Yeah. Oh, Go okay. Ahead. But no, say now. There's a lot of, a lot of pictures with good ideas for couples uh, printed on them. And, what, and what's your Instagram so it's handle? at it, Instagram and Twitter is at Rhoda on couples. And that's R-H-O-D-A. O N couples, Rhoda on couples, Twitter, Instagram. Yep. Uh, your website. Uh, and I have website a website with like 50 pages of information oh, cool. on and it. Oh, cool. And that's therapyideas.net. Dot net, yes. Correct? Yep. Great, 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 great. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, so, chatty Maddie questions. I don't know if you've listened to the show. Um, but I asked the same five. Good. I love it when people have it. Um, <laughs> she sorry. shook her head like, like <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, it's okay. I haven't listened to your show either. Um, same five questions I ask to everybody at the end of every show. Oh, okay. So um, I should have listened. <laughs> girl, get ready. So, Chatty Maddie, number one, what's your most memorable childhood smell? Smell. Yeah. Your favorite childhood smell. I don't think I have one. Oh, come on. I'm serious. Do you not smell? I smell. I just don't think, think of... Some people talk about fresh cut grass. Some people talk about their grandpa's pipe. 
something <gasps> to talk about. Cigar, my grandfather's cigar. Oh, really? It was like, and yeah, it's why cigar smells don't bother me at all. It was like a, a neat flavor that was about him. He was a little bit scary because he was a sheriff. And, oh, wow. and yeah, he was scary. But I, yes, that would be my grandfather's cigars. And that's maybe not your favorite, but a memorable yes, one. Yes, it's a memorable, a memorable one. one. Yes, yes. Was there like a something your mom or dad cooked or something that really like you smell that smell and that's so yeah I smell pine salt and I think of my grandmother because her she was obsessed about cleaning so like I smell that in her house that like in a combination of a lemon pledge makes me think of my grandma Hazel <laughs> other things do too but okay so chatting man number two what would be the name of your memoir Rhoda Straight and True Ooh. I think you live your life that way. Yeah. And I don't mean straight sexually. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that. Are you listening, yeah. husband? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I, I say what's, what's there and what's real. Yeah. I don't piss around. I don't tell people nice things. This Hashtag why, truth talk. I yeah. say that all the time yeah. on the show. It's yep. time for truth talk. Yes. I love it. Love it. Love it. Chatting matter number three. What's the best piece of advice you wish you had taken earlier in life? Oh. It's okay. It's, it's a podcast, so I don't mind pauses. I wished I'd understood my mother. Why am I a therapist? You know, my mom mm-hmm. had a serious mental illness. Oh, okay. So I wish somebody could have explained to me. I and maybe not though because I wouldn't do what I do if I understood it early. Yeah. So what was the question again? It was, what is the best piece of advice you wish you had taken earlier? Don't be afraid to be yourself. Mm. Yeah. 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 Isn't it funny how we're so afraid to be ourselves and then we actually be ourselves? That's the thing that often catapults us. In Absolutely. High school was so much suffering. <laughs> it just oh, wow. really yeah. was, you know? Yeah, the middle school was for me. Yeah. Huh. I love that. Okay. Uh, two more. Uh, Chatting man number four. What day of your life would be your Groundhog Day? So what's a day that you had that you could just live that day over and over? You had such a wonderful day. I, I can't go back very far but I'll tell you there's something about every time I'm with my grandson and I Mm. think it's because I'm not a parent (laughs) I really do my mom said it's so much better I I ground my teeth until my children left home you know (laughs) I mean there was such a level of stress but Every time he comes, I'm absolutely exhausted, but every time I could just do that day all over again. How old is he? He's only two. Oh, how fun. Oh, but he, oh, Graham Rhoda, I love you. You know, he's just, he's just heaven. And and I'm not his parent. And it's so great. I asked my mom once, I said, is it? really what they say about having grandchildren oh, and she said it's better it is it's better. better it's way better yeah. i wish you could no i don't <laughs> <laughs> almost wish you're like i'm gonna hold that hold that thought yeah that thought. <laughs> they probably won't listen <laughs> anyway uh, well you never know okay so last question when are you most inspired 
Oh, I get inspired by a lot. I get inspired by people. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like I connected with you right away, even oh, yeah. though we hardly could talk. I mean, you know, we hear texting, each other. No, we're like, yeah. so, I feel like we're two, and I say this, we're like two weirdos in a pod. <laughs> I love uh, it. So what I love is music can inspire me. I read a lot. In fact, mm -hmm. there's a great fiction book, Lauren Groff's Fates and Furies. Ooh. The first section of it is told by the husband. The second section is told by the wife. And it's very much about the woman keeping all these secrets from childhood he has no clue about that mm. impact the relationship. Oh, wow. It is a wonderful book. Wow. Um, and so books inspire me. Music inspires me. People. I think I'm easily inspired. I think, <laughs> I think zest is that's, very much a part of my life. I think that's important. I, I hope that people do find a life where they're easily inspired. Yeah. That's, and that's a choice you can make to have. So I hope. I'm glad I didn't know about the questions. <laughs> we're good. I'm glad too. I know. I actually like when people don't. So, but it is fun. Sometimes we're like, I've been thinking about it. So, um, so tell everybody, everybody can find you again at uh, therapyideas.net. Yes. Twitter and Instagram. You're tweeting and you're instant at Rhoda on couples. Right? Yes. And yes. the name of your show is What Healthy Couples Know That You Don't. What Healthy Couples Know That You Don't. So go because you're going you're gonna to give way better couple advice than me. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you to drink. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is not going to be our last. We're, I'm going to figure out technology. <laughs> okay, and we're, we're going to have some more truth talk because you're just, you're such a joy. And I couldn't be happier to have you here with me right now. In Chicago of all places. Yeah, I know. Wow. So, so for the rest of you, um, we love it when you give a review. So please go into iTunes especially and give a review of the show. That helps what the hap just so for the you know the three of you listening it um itunes bumps up the show the more reviews i get and then other people see the show and so hopefully and then they hear this show and then they're listening to rhoda's show and then we're millionaires so <laughs> so please do that and uh you can find everything at uh, ask your questions at dearmattyshow.com and you can also do follow me on social media at the Matt Mar. Um, I want to thank Rhoda so much for being here. I want to thank Jared Easley and the others at Podcast Convention um, for having us here and hosting such a fantastic convention. I can't wait for it next year. And for the rest of you, do something for someone this week, and we'll see you next time. Bye.